Welcome to the Rally Vodcast. Today I'm happy to have Trevor Akervik, the COO of Marco, joining us. Uh, Trevor is a 20-year veteran in the business technology industry and um, learning the business from the ground up. He started in sales, then led Marco's managed services revenue from 2 million and 7 people. This was an area of the business to over 90 million and 200 people before being named COO over the entire organization just recently. So welcome, Trevor. We're really happy to have you on the podcast and get your perspective today. Yeah, good to be here. Well, thanks. So our topic for the day is go-to-market strategy. And I've learned recently that this topic gets about 10,000 searches a month um, as a main topic online. So a lot of people are curious about what this is. And so um, recently, the reason why we had you on is that you worked closely with Doug Albrechts, the CEO, CEO of Marco, to reimagine the customer experience. And you made some monumental shifts in a uh, company with a long history um, and a certain way of doing business um, to, to reposition the company for growth to a billion dollars in revenue. So really glad to have you on today and get your perspective. And I think anybody out there searching as a marketing leader or a business owner or an executive that's curious um, how to start this, how to gain um, buy-in and communicate it effectively, and then launch and begin executing a way of, uh, of, of work flowing through the organization, changing how people do things. This is a great episode, I think, uh, to listen into um, and, and get uh, someone's perspective that has very recently gone through it. So, so the, the phrase go-to-market strategy, just to jump right in, we know it gets a lot of searches and people are asking about it, and it's a very broad topic. So what is it from your view? What is well, a go-to-market strategy? Other than it's been my life for the last year and a half. And uh, as of this morning, we went live with our go-to-market strategy after a year and a half of work. And so, yeah, as you stated, uh, all the credit goes to Doug Albrechts for initiating this. I think what, what made me uniquely qualified to help the organization through this is that I've had so many roles in the company in my 20 years. And so I knew how all of the, the work flowed through the organization. And so your question, what is go to market, was my question when this came up a year and a half ago. Mm. Is, uh, and, and for me, I, I boil things down into their most simplest, which is uh, at Marco, it was about removing the roadblocks of success everywhere in the organization. We, have, we had been very sales centric up to that point. Uh, where everything was was a derivative of sales. And don't get me wrong, selling is still the key to growing any business. But if you equalize the importance of things across revenue, uh, revenue interest or interest in our solutions all the way through implementation and invoice, there's a lot in there that, in my opinion, is is go-to-market related. So for us, it's a multi-step process, but the first step was creating clear flow of work through the organization by being focused on the employee experience and then ultimately de delivering a better customer experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, when, when we were brought in, you know, as a, as a, a marketing partner and a strategic, you know, marketing and sales partner of, of Marco, the view that we had, you know, it was, it was likely 
a little further down the road. We weren't we weren't as involved in that first year of thinking and planning, and then and then we got involved in um, helping with the communication and structuring that, um, and and the you know the internal communication first um, was very eye opening for us. I think with a a company of roughly twelve hundred employees to change a mindset and, and a perspective. And I know we're in the beginning stages of that, but the timing of the vodcast is great because it's like launch day. It, um, it is launch day. We're, yeah. uh, we're a few hours into launch yeah. day. It's so exciting. So, so I want to just talk about how it started though, you know, because I, I didn't, um, and, and we at the, the team at Vi didn't necessarily get as much visibility into that. So how did it start and why? Well, it, it really started because um, our previous CEO, Jeff Gao, had retired after 34 very successful years in the organization, helping catapult us through in some incredible growth and transitioning Doug Albrecht, who we had mentioned, into the organization. And, and the context behind that is important because Doug came from multinational organizations leading them. And so in a lot of ways, he's our evangelist. He's seen where we're trying to get to. and so. He brought he brought the he brought the idea into the organization as he selected his executive leadership team, and so it really started with uh, an idea from him is going to you know I think we need to rethink the way we go to market. Um, we we're a we're a, a print firm, we're an IT firm, and anything that sits on the network we're responsible for. So there's a lot of things if you think about any office environment, large or small. There's a lot of things in there. We made an incredible investment in in security and data intelligence, and so he was his foresight in that was that those things need to be useful in designing the future of our organization. And so it started by an offsite retreat with a new executive team filled with new people from the outside and you know longtime people from the inside of the organization sort of having a dialogue about the collective experiences that that we've all had with customers from our different viewpoints and really looking at my notes from that meeting it was it, you could see early it was framing up things like how we interact uh how we how we how we um bring information to our customers it was it was always driven through a people to people interaction in our industry is still that way today, but we 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 could see a way forward that uh, much like the car buying a car changed from you had to you had to go oh, okay I'll go talk to someone to you can do all of the research you want online and then and then you you solicit you solicit pricing information and so we're somewhere we're somewhere in that journey as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the direct to consumer and business to consumer was leading that charge, I think over the last decade or so, like how people buy has changed. And now that has certainly spilled over into the, the B2B experience as well, how buyers get information, educate themselves and enter a sales process. But there's something else too, that was really big um, in this change. And that was, that was how, uh, you know, after, uh, so a new customer signed, there's a proposal signed and they're, you know, installing, you know, products inside their company from Marco that could be printers, you know, copiers. Um, and there's network and there's security around that. Sometimes there's managed services in that. 
And so what, what has changed at the big part of this, what has changed is what happens after that, mm-hmm. how that, how the, the work is, is uh, flowing through the organization, who's responsible for what and how, what it feels as a customer to, to have that install, to um, add services around that, you know, and, and that whole life cycle stage of a customer, there's been some, some pretty big changes. And so I think I, I, I want to make sure we touch on that is, is that um, there may be a misconception about go to market strategy as like a, you know, a slide deck of, of how we're going to market or position the company differently. And I, see, I, yeah. and I think that's a, that's a marketing strategy or a sales strategy, right? But it, it never fundamentally changes the 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 operation inside and and so it's it's not that there's anything bad with that because we do a lot of that you know um but but i think you realized that continuing to do that wasn't going to the the vehicle the system wasn't set up to to double the size of the company well you mentioned in the intro go to market is in a lot of ways about scaling an organization is very much the case in ours, you might say, well, 1,300 employees, uh, almost a half a billion in, in revenue that you've got it figured out. And the answer is no. Uh, and again, it, if you go back to what I said earlier, which was sales was at the center of things. And so they were selling, they were the customer liaison, they were the project manager, they were the delivery notification mechanism. And so what we what we realized is that we needed to put the appropriate responsibility and action in the appropriate hands through the flow uh, post sale. And again, if you go back to scale and your sales force is consumed with um, after the sale activities, scaling becomes really difficult because the more you sell, the more of the after the sale things you were involved in. And that very much was the case in uh, for Marco. Mm-hmm. And so this was so much about empowering other leaders in the departments to go training everybody as to what their primary responsibility in delivering a good employee experience and a good customer experience is and staying focused to that. Um, a lot of what we learned in that process is that because we didn't document the way things should flow, everyone created their own way for things to flow. Mm. And so that sort of led to um, too much consternation inside the organization. And so uh, making a clear effort to really dig deep in with people who are delivering the frontline experience about what are the roadblocks that uh, remove us from repeatability with customers that ultimately lead to customer sat issues, uh, confusion, missed timelines, um, and just... Uh, in some cases, dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And so because we were a large organization, there's a lot to unpack and replan. And so much of our go-to-market transformation was about changing the conditioning of how work moved through the organization and then making people clearly understand how their role played in the overall. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so much communication and trust that has to be done to do that. Because why are you doing it? It's it's really hard to, in a long format, explain that, you know, to every single person impacted. But throughout this journey, there have been uh, completely new departments set up. There have been 
dramatic changes in people's job titles, compensation, um, uh, and duties. Like what you do when you come to work is changing dramatically and you're moving a lot of cheese there. So I'm, I'm curious how that went. Was that, was that one of the hardest things to do is to, is to connect the why there because to improve your experience as an employee, as an employee of Marco was obviously first and foremost, because if you don't love it there and you're not happy in your role, then how could you create a great customer experience? And I know after working with you closely, that was very near and dear to your heart. Um, cause you care a lot about the people, you know, having been there so long. So, so what was that part like? Hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very difficult. I think the, the advantage that, uh, that we had is, is, you know, I was given autonomy to sort of go outside of my normal function and think and plan and design. Uh, people referred to it as Trevor's in his lab. And what I was doing was was taking all of those roadblock conversations that I had in different parts of the organization from the people delivering the work and going, how do I align this? So that when you start from a sales interest conversation all the way through a sales order to a project management to installation to post-installation support and care. How do you get that flow? And I had to see the flow myself. And I'm a visual learner. So for me, it was whiteboarding. Um, I had a few key people that would just listen to me talk and then they would go overnight and do PowerPoints mm -hmm. uh, that built pictures as to what I was saying. And literally we printed and laid them out on the floor. Once we felt we had a flow, then we were like, well, how do the current department structure impede or create a path for success? And so we, we started looking at what type of work sits in each thing and we became, we, pillars became important. And so, as you know, being a part of this, uh, we identified the whole process of work in our organization in seven pillars. And so creating that vision so that we could start a communication path, uh, even with just the leaders that we would need to impart the planning and execution phases of this was, it was, uh, boy, I don't know if that took four or six months just by itself. Mm -hmm. And so we had to early on, once we saw that path, then go out and evangelize it. And how we evangelize it was, these were the things that the employee base told us were in the way. Here's how we envision removing them. And how do you feel? How would you feel about doing your work once those are removed? And we started, uh, I didn't really realize at the time, but you started feeling the energy winds blowing through the organization yeah, going. Because in identifying those pillars, you identified some things that really suck. Ad administrative burden, you know, yep. stuff where you feel Unplanned like. Unplanned interactions. Mm -hmm. Yep. They, that that led to the people we were talking to going, ah, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. that that does suck. And you guys actually know that now? Mm -hmm. And then the the real question was, well, what are you going to do about it? And hmm. and you had to paint, we had to paint that picture in in 10 slides or less. So so think about changing the whole organization and the way it works in 10 slides or less. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I'm I, I have experienced that there's this middle area where you're going, we can't keep this a secret and then dump it on people. But we also can't share too early because we have to be confident 
and we have to know and we have to be very have conviction around those pillars and what they are. And yeah. I, I did see some of that part where it was like, you know, there you you did some tours and you did some things where you got out there and you started talking to managers and leaders and painting that picture for them. So this thing started with a desire to double the company and then a vision and then some autonomy uh, for you to go into the lab, dream, think, has some people around you that really listened, uh, created those pictures for you, laying them out. And then it became, now we got to start bringing people into this, into this fold. And, and part of what I think you realized during that time was there was some key, like, I hate that part about my job stuff, which, which always, almost always seemed to align with a terrible customer experience too. Yep. And those started to become like really bright spots throughout this. And then it was what I what I thought was interesting is in in this large of an organization how there was still room to to tweak and craft a little bit, you know it wasn't so etched in stone that there wasn't still some room there to go like we also discovered by listening and sharing this with people this thing and so we're adding that piece in or you know there's a there's another job that needs to exist here, you know and and that was part of the process so. So I think if, if you're listening to this and you're, you're wondering like, what specifically can I do is, is, is don't be so rigid maybe in that first reveal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we intentionally, when Doug and I were talking about this, we, we were very intentional about like the design of this in 10 slides or less has to be at the, at the mile high level. Seven pillars. Yep. Seven yep. pillars. This is how work's going to flow. Simplifying the complex was our theme, right? So we told the organization sort of what the end was was going to look like. We brought seven, we assigned each pillar to a leader, and then they had a sub a team underneath them. And we needed to allow some autonomy for them to dream and grow. And part of this that I didn't even realize at the time, but now in hindsight, was the thing you said earlier, which is trust. We had, we actually had inside of our silos prior to this, some, some good work instructions, some good work, some desire, some strong-minded people, but it, but there wasn't really a connection to above and below that silo is that when it leaves here, is it, how is it prepared for the next department? Mm-hmm. And that was, we really, once we relinquished the responsibility to pillar leaders, it was about making sure they understood they had to be connected upstream and downstream. Yeah. You said something recently too, in a, in one of the, one of the, you know, prep meetings was uh, from now on at Marco, there will be no individual names attached to process, you know, and there's some very specific things like that, that happened. So in the past, if it was, how do we do it? I don't know. Ask John. Like, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to have an actual framework that that is, you know, beyond that individual, you know, one person. And and I was like, I was so shocked that that was still going on at an organization of that size. And, and especially knowing that Marco has invested a ton into process over the years, you know, and that's that's really interesting to me. So I think I think a lot of people think, too, when they reach a certain size in, in a company, you might be listening to this and running a 20 or 30 or 50 million dollar company that, you know, you shouldn't have those problems anymore. And it's like, nope, they, they're still there. You yeah. know, it's a group of human beings working towards a common goal. And so, of course, there's going to be that stuff. And 
And just, I think, you know, once you had those pillars, that vision became clear to people. It, it was, had an opportunity to be, you know, molded and tweaked just a little bit more throughout that process. The final product was ready and then it got launched out and you had to have some conviction. I know in a, a number of moments that may have made you a little uncomfortable too, where you had to step outside of your normal, you know, communication style and say, this is, we're going to do it this way. Cause I think there had to be some lines drawn too. Yeah. In, in so many ways, this year and a half experience has taught me so much about being a leader, um, understanding when I needed to shut the door and, you know, just, just let, let what was festering inside of me out, you know, the, the negative emotion that comes with, you know, change. I mean, it's not natural for people to just accept change that's being thrust upon them. Mm -hmm. And so there was some, for me, some real personal defining moments of kind of going, I, being a 20 year member of the company, I have a lot of relationships, right? And this, this required me to be very direct at certain times, um, uh, not to be a dictator, but to show my level of confidence and conviction. Mm -hmm. Because there are times where debate needs to happen and I need to be flexible against that debate. But then there are times where um, uh, I just may know more than I can share and that you have to be definitive about that. Mm -hmm. And so that that is against the grain for my personality, um, but, but really taught me a lot about uh, leading an organization, whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent, it's just, it's just sort of how, how it evolved. And, um, I think that when you get where change for me was when I felt the wind inside the organization and the people kind of going like, you're really going to tackle something that we've known for a while has been a problem. And the answer is yes. And I look you in the eye and say it with confidence, mm -hmm. but then you actually have to do it. And doing it requires all of those pillar leaders and all of their people and opinions in there to stay focused, to get to a goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you put a deadline on things and, and I, you know, in college, I would wait until near the deadline to, to do what I knew was coming for some time. And so I felt there was an aggressive timeline, but I knew that we had to have that. And so, uh, it all coalesces, I think when, when you build that momentum. Yep. Well, that's an important, that's an important piece. If you're if you're thinking about how do I double my company, triple my company, scale it up, you know, really do that, and you're researching go-to-market strategies, how to build them, do that. Total time frame launched today started a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago, yeah. A year and a half ago. The perseverance and the stamina that took, I think, is rarely understood and and said. And the conviction that you had to have throughout that, you had to have felt like some some times where you're questioning that you had to have felt some times where you're going like uh, maybe those forces that you're maybe internally or externally like it wasn't broken was it <laughs> like we're, we're running a you know several hundreds of millions of dollars company that's had a lot of success over the years and why are we breaking this and why are we doing did you have some moments like Lo that where you had to yeah, nope, this is the right thing to do. Lots of lots of those moments um, because I was fearful of damaging things. But you know what? All of that time in the lab, that that talking out what I was seeing in my head and documenting really helped because those pictures were hung up all over my office. And so every time I felt that way, I kept going back to the pictures mm -hmm. and going, okay, is is 
like how does that work in here? No, that that does answer that does answer the roadblocks that were were said to me. And the people that told them to me I was so happy and so proud that I went and sought those people, technicians, salespeople, administrative people, uh, everywhere in the organization. And you know where you know where I got lifted up? It's going back to those people and talking to them about like how are you feeling about this? And they're going, you know, I don't know all of the pieces, but but everybody, everywhere I go and I ask questions, I'm hearing the same thing. And this was from the pillar leaders and the executives. And that was a big aha for me is, and, and, and reinforcing mm-hmm. to kind of go, okay, now we created this momentum. We owe it to the organization to see it through. And so they just keep, you just keep pressing it forward. Yeah. And you know what's kind of ironic about launch day today is it just sort of happened. There was no big fanfare to it. Um, I I felt good. I slept great last night. <laughs> and I came into work this morning and we were just moving. Yeah. New processes are being used. People are in control of things that may pop up. Mm-hmm. They'll handle it. It doesn't have to float all the way up to the executives if you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really helpful, I think, because there's a lot of um, sort of structure, slide decks. Um, you know, organizational uh, charts, um, you know, uh, the, the psychology behind the, you know, management, um, you know, span of control, structure of the company, how that impacts customers and all of that. And, and what you're talking about is all the stuff that there's the human element underneath that, that really propelled you forward and gave you that confidence and, and did that. And that, and I did, you know, I did get a chance to see that, I think, and witness that a little bit. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy to hear you say that too, because I feel like the proper work was done then because today should feel like that. It, it shouldn't be like, it's just going to work, you know, but if you would have said, this is a 90 day thing, we're jamming it through the organization. Here's the decks. Here's the thing presented go. And we expect you to do it which is how I think a lot of people 90 days is like, wow, it's a long time to completely disrupt the organization. This is a year and a half in. And, and, and to see the, the, the leaders within the organization, you know, one by one, you know, every week kind of go like light bulb moment, light bulb moment. Like I got it. And, and every, and you gave people space to do that. You know, it was January of, of this, you know, so six months ago when, when you stood on stage to all the leaders in the organization and, and I remember you giving them some graces going like, wherever you're at in that journey, right? Um, it's okay. It's okay. You know, we're going on this journey together and you'll have your moment where you see, oh, now I see why we're doing that, how it impacts me and how I can bring that through the organization. That's a really big piece of it, you know, is, is giving people some time, you know, to go through that. Not forever. <laughs> Right. Not forever. You're like, yep, this train's leaving the station and you can decide if you want to get on it or not. Um, but, but there really was some time for, I think, all the different personalities. So a big piece of that was weekly meetings. Yep. You know, and, and I've had the opportunity to, to join a few of those and, and just see the communication and, and, the, and going around the table and people sharing. And there's accountability there. There's buy-in. Um, there's input. Um, and so... So those weekly meetings, how, when did those start in that process? Uh, we've probably been doing those weekly meetings for, um, I'd call it maybe eight months now. Okay. And, and, and those started because, 
you know, we talked about turning over some responsibility for design underneath the mile high view. And what we realized was that there's time for ideation, but then there's ideas have to turn into execution. And so the weekly meetings, which were sometimes three hours long, were really about going around the room and showing each pillar by other pillars, demonstrating their readiness to kind of keep things moving in concert with each other. Mm. Um, and some things had to start before other things could begin, uh, but it was really just sort of keeping it all together and not letting any any ideas get too far outside of the construct of what we had to ultimately deliver. And um, that that was uh, that was valuable in that sense. I would say too that was that was really key is that we identified some outside resource that we needed. Vi was and was one of those things because you know you're a customer and you've supported us with marketing uh, efforts prior to all of this, and then we we really went all in uh, with Vi outsourcing and marketing. So you get this unique perspective, but we also realized that we need process help. And so we hired a process consultant that was really uh, valuable in tying all of the pillar things together. And he also helped us create visibility in work everywhere, what's going on. So we can, we can uh, as leaders, take a temperature of any part of the business at any time, given that view. Yeah. Yeah. There's some specifics in there that, that were pretty critical uh, to this you know, sort of takeoff time, right. And the wheels leaving the ground and, um, you know, the, the reporting, which is, which has been set up so that everybody feels confident that they'll know how to track the changes and the impact of this, I think was a, was a critical point too, because I, I think there was some, some really a, some additional ownership of it there and, and belief in it when it was kind of like, now I understand like visually how this is go the impact is going to be tracked. And, and that's, that's a big part of, you know, the reason why today probably feels like it does is because, you know, the, those numbers are going to be there and they're built and they're ready. And, and, um, and I think that clarity get, does, even though there's a high level of accountability in that, I think the clarity is what puts people at ease. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not a, you know, an opinion. <laughs> Correct. You can, you can, you have a prove it. Yep. Right. And I was excited for launch day to happen because it's really just the start of data collection. Right. So we're using new processes. We have we have new structures in place. We have new departments. And now it's about collecting data within those. And I'm excited to demonstrate that data back out to the organization and go see, look at what you all did. Mm -hmm. And uh, we stuck through this for a year and a half. And look at what look at what the collective efforts of all of our employees are are doing for our customers, are doing for the happiness of the people that do the work in our company, and ultimately for our investor group. Look at the look at how we're growing, and there's a pride element to all of that, right? And I think that that's goosebump worthy for me. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, uh, I think you you had a lot of courage throughout this throughout this process. And it was really uh, awesome. I think anybody uh, listening or that comes across this, you know, I would, I'd recommend following uh, Trevor on, on LinkedIn and taking a look at Marco and, and watching how this, you know, turns out over time. 
Um, and, and, and I hope it was helpful um, on, on just getting into some of the, the behind the scenes, pulling the curtain back a little bit. What does it really look like in terms of timeline, communication, you know, the struggle of unveiling it and, and adjusting it still and all the way through to launch and now into execution stage. So, so in, uh, in closing here, what, what advice would you give, uh, you know, a business owner, um, uh, um, somebody that's in a, an executive operations role um, or, or even a, you know, sales and marketing leadership role that, that, is, that is trying to wonder or is wondering, trying to figure out how do I scale this thing up? You know, and, and, they're, and they're, trying to, they're trying to figure, figure that out. What advice would you give them? Don't make it a bigger thing than it is. Um, you're just reimagining your business working in a different way. And, and be constantly curious about how you could adjust things in your organization to meet what you're, you'd like it to do, whether it's um, having a better flow like we did to start with, uh, scaling your organization, meaning putting more input with same, same uh, resource amounts or changing altogether the way you communicate with your customers and reimagining what that might look like in terms of where you have your labor resources, your technology applications and tools. It's just a curiosity thing. And to just follow that path, um, put, put a couple of key people around yourself so that they could document your thoughts and your visions. And if you lay those out visually, I think you, you'll continue to be inspired enough to keep walking forward. And then when you reach a level of conviction, just understand you can't do it yourself. And so inside of that conviction, you got to allow some creative freedom for the people that need to come along for the ride. Mm -hmm. I think um, there's a lot of desire um, and, and passion behind it, you know, that transcended the, the dollars, the money, what that meant you know, from a, from an ego or title or, you know, compensation or anything like that. It, 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 you had to, you had to dig a little deeper, um, and go like, you know, why do I really want to do this and why? And, and it, um, it would, it would have been a lot easier to, to continue on, set a higher sales goal, hire some more people, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe some people don't like their job and they quit because we never really fixed those things. and it's good, you're profitable, um, you know, but you didn't do that. And so I, I, think, uh, I think that's commendable and uh, an honor to be a part of. So thank you for joining us today. I hope, uh, I hope if, uh, if, you, if you heard or listened to this episode, it gave you some valuable insight on, um, on how to uh, uh, dramatically change your company and scale it up for growth. So thank you. 